What do you do when you've got an application that only works under human power? It has no APIs, yet you still need to automate a process involving this software. Well, we've got an answer for you on this episode of Breakpoint. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals. I say that with the utmost love and respect every time, just for you. Welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. In this episode, I've got the pleasure of talking to Prasad Velamuri, Senior Principal Product Manager. How are you today, Prasad? I'm doing great, Chuck. I'm very pleased to be on this podcast. And I'm pleased to have you <laughs> right back at you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Breakpoint. And like always, we like to give everybody a chance to give their quick origin stories, how they got to be a superhero. So please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, I have been at ServiceNow for over six months now. I am part of the outbound product management team for RPA, uh, which comes under the creator workflow business. And my background is in AI, RPA, cloud and enterprise networking uh, across different functional roles in engineering and product management. Uh, previously, I managed the cognitive automation product line at Automation Anywhere. And prior to that, I had my own startup in the voice automation space. You've been around the block a couple of times. Mm -hmm. you, you, you must be like 60 years old or something for being able to do all that. You don't have to. You don't have to reveal your age. <laughs> when you're not doing all that great AI and RPA work, what do you enjoy doing in your free time? I enjoy hiking uh, along the beautiful trails in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, I did a little quick research before we started, and I went out to alltrails.com, and I discovered there's almost 90 trails just in that area alone that they've got documented and pictures. It looks like a beautiful place. Do you have any favorites? Yes, I do. I have one favorite uh, hiking trail. It's in Fremont, South Fremont. It's called Mission Peak uh, Hiking Trail. It's almost uh, six miles long and the elevation gain is almost 2,500 feet. And also my recent uh, hike at uh, Clouds Rest near Yosemite National Park. It's at 10,000 feet and I love it. It's almost 13 miles. 10,000 feet? That's not a hike. That's that's an expedition. Do you bring Sherpas and alpacas up there to haul your stuff? No. Uh, if if you have uh, if you have to celebrate some great achievement, you should go on hike. Even in Arizona, uh, I have a bucket list, and I want to do a, a rim to rim hike in Grand Canyon. It's almost twenty six mile hike, and the elevation gain is also more than seven thousand feet. Yes, it is. <laughs> I've been up there. I, I uh, as much as I like standing at the rim and looking down, I don't want to think about climbing back up. Let's let's ride the mule. <laughs> Give us an introduction to what is RPA Hub and why should our listeners, our developers, be interested in it? Hmm. RPA Hub is our latest offering, which is the command and control center to manage the software robots, uh, automation packages, and the bot processes. So in the San Diego version that we released last week, uh, we have combined RPA Hub and the Integration Hub into a new offering called Automation Engine. And with this offering, our ServiceNow developers can automate any process uh, or connect the ServiceNow application uh, to any third-party application. 
and with these third party applications uh, especially when they are uh, modern and they, if they have apis uh, we are already able to utilize integration hub to automate the process uh, but what happens when those applications are legacy uh, they don't have the relevant apis mm-hmm. or when we need to automate manual uh, repetitive ui actions uh, in that case we can use rpa and that rpa would mimic uh, human actions on these different kinds of applications uh let me give you an example so uh, take a, a process where uh, agents have to constantly you know copy paste data from one desktop application to another you know that swivel chairing between different systems mm-hmm. uh, to manually copy data all of that so that whole process can be automated th- through rpa so that the human agents they can focus on higher order tasks that they truly aspire for so the bottom line is that the developers can create and deploy software robots uh, to users desktops and let the robots handle all the repetitive grunt work on their behalf now, this is pretty cool when i when i saw a demonstration of this and we even did a, a little bit of a boot camp back in november uh, it was really impressive because we had what was it excel and and a, a dot net application neither of which have direct APIs. They're both desktop applications. And we were able to put information from Excel into this .NET application. And I went, okay, that that was pretty cool. But the, the, when you think about it, there's, there's no interfaces between those, but yet you can connect them and, and take a row by row and put them into record by record. I went, wow, that's pretty cool. You know, Excel, we've got some connectors that are built in some APIs from the uh, the RPA tools to actually interface with Excel. But that .NET application was done almost like on a pixel by pixel. This is the area for this field, and here's the submit button. And uh, it, it, that was impressive. Tell us about what it takes to build that. What are the components of RPA Hub? Yes, so we have three main components. Uh, firstly, we have the RPA Design Studio. Uh, this is uh, one of industry's most intuitive uh, low-code IDE uh, to design RPA robots for a very large number of applications. Uh, and these applications can range from Windows applications, uh, web browsers, all the way to legacy applications such as uh, IBM mainframes. And we have over 1,300 actions and methods uh, that can help you rapidly build RPA robots, uh, also known as digital workers, uh, that can mimic human actions, uh, such as using various you know UI elements on an application, uh, copying, pasting text, and also doing complex mouse actions. Uh, and there are also some good cognitive actions that uh, use native computer vision technology. Uh, the second major component is the RPA Hub uh, that allows you to build, administer, and monitor all the RPA robots centrally uh, from a ServiceNow instance. Uh, you can automate very complex uh, robotic workflows uh, through Flow Designer uh, because we have the RPA Hub spoke um, in addition to the other 170 plus spokes. Uh, and the third major component is RPA Runtime. Uh, and this is the runtime that allows you to run uh, an RPA robot on a, on a Windows virtual machine or, uh, or a bare metal server, uh, either in attended or unattended modes. And all of these three components, they work seamlessly uh, on the ServiceNow platform, uh, and that delivers you a, a better together experience. And this really helps you accelerate your hyper-automation journey. 
So we've got the designer where you build these things out, which is kind of like flow designer. You're building your bots. Then we've got RPA hub on the instance to do some of the administrative work. And then the runtime, which is actually when you launch these bots from from the the instance, right? Did I get that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So now the designer and the runtime, if I heard right, they're Windows-based, right? They Currently, you have to run those on a Windows machine. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay. So tell me a little bit more about what you can do on the ServiceNow instance. Yeah. So the ServiceNow instance hosts the RPA Hub uh, to help you build, administer, and monitor robots. And what do I mean by that? So when I say build, what it means is you can build a bot process. And this bot process essentially maps to a real business process that you're looking to automate. Mm-hmm. And how do you uh, build a bot process? Uh, once you have built, the, once you have designed the RPA uh, automation package, uh, you would upload that to the RPA hub. And using uh, RPA hub, you can configure that automation package uh, you would also have a credential vault. You don't want to hard code all your usernames and passwords. So you want those credentials to be used uh, directly and store them securely. You also configure the parameters and also the, the scheduling and the triggering mechanisms. Uh, so that is the concept of building the bot process. And when I say administer, uh, what essentially it means is you can administer the robots by by configuring the machines on which the robots run uh, as per the bot process. Uh, and thirdly, when I say monitor, uh, what I mean is you can monitor the robot activity uh, because you have complete visibility into all the execution details. And also you can get timely alerts. Uh, and since you have a, a common database, our CMDB on the now platform, uh, you would have complete end-to-end visibility of your automation and, and the applications. And there are also other benefits uh, which you don't really find in uh, other RPA vendors. Uh, it's that you can be really proactive because when the applications evolve, uh, you can make timely upgrades and keep the uh, robot stable. Oh, yeah, because no one ever upgrades software in the middle of, you know, like month end or quarter end. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I assume there has to be some sort of governance or control about your application suite and and the ServiceNow people who are administering these bots, right? Is You wouldn't want somebody to just go, hey, we released version three and it's got five new fields and make sure they're filled in because they're mandatory. You have to keep those bots up to date. And and the, the instance is more than just a repo because at first I'm going, okay, so you, you do these in designer and you upload them to the instance. It's the scheduler. It's the dashboard to make sure everything's running right. Uh, are there any types of alerts should something go off the rails? Let's say somebody did upgrade their desktop application and now your your bot isn't running as harmoniously as it could. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you can uh, get that alert and, and make sure you immediately make the relevant changes to the robots because you don't want to uh, wait till the robot breaks and then start making the changes. <laughs> you want to be proactive. Well, that's the way my software often goes. It breaks and then somebody has to tell you about it. No, it'd be nice to know ahead of time. Uh, I also discovered that this is kind of a two-way integration between, um, you know, the designer, let's say, and the instance. You've You've got the ability to trigger flows on the instance from the robot that's running, 
So when we get to this point, let's fire Flow Designer and make it run a flow that we built. And then in Flow Designer, we've got a spoke that lets you trigger certain things on the robot or check the status. So, I mean, it, it's kind of cool that, that that we've got this communication going both ways. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so once you design the automation using the RPA Design Studio, uh, you would push the package onto the RPA Hub on the instance. And on the RPA Design Studio, you also have some actions and methods which are uh, which are from the Flow Designer. Um, and since we have the you know we have one platform with embedded RPA, you have a lot of flexibility uh, in terms of the bidirectional communication that you alluded to. So, for example, in one scenario, uh, you can design the robot to invoke a flow or a subflow uh, in the Flow Designer. Uh, so you have more than 170 spokes, so you can invoke any of them. Uh, from the automation package uh, and in another scenario you can use flow designer to trigger the rpa robot and and how do you do that you can use the rpa robot spoke uh, that is available on the flow designer and i'd also like to point out to our listeners that this is not our typical what i'm going to call a 1.0 release <laughs> uh if, if those of you that remember back to kingston and flow designer when it first started or some of the other products that we've released, we we like to release them early and then do an iterative approach, working with the customers, find out what's working, what's not, rather than wait three years and go, here, it's done, and find out we were on the wrong direction. So that's not a bad strategy to follow. This is already a very mature product that we got through the acquisition of IntelliBot. I mean, you guys have worked on this for years, right? So the the, the designer is well thought out and built it's very mature. There's hundreds, over a thousand of these components for connectors and templates and OCR. There's a rules engine. There's all kinds of stuff in there. That's amazing. Yeah, you got it right, Chuck. Uh, the RPA Design Studio is a very matured product uh, coming from IntelliBot uh, that was acquired by ServiceNow uh, early last year. Um, it was founded by engineers who have very deep understanding of RPA product. So Based on their deep expertise, they have built this ground up and it's a very matured product. And it's already being used by customers to automate a lot of mission critical workflows uh, ranging from ITSM to, to financial services operations. Um, and in my past roles, Chuck, I have used other competing RPA products. And, and man, I can really vouch for the simplicity and the intuitive design of our ServiceNow's RPA product. Uh, the feature rich and and this whole intuitive tooling that we have on the RPA Design Studio, it would make the learning curve very short. Uh, I'm sure you would have picked it really fast in in the prior boot camps, uh, and it will also reduce the time to to realize the value for any RPA initiative. I have to imagine we're working with the training team to get some enablement material out there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, good, good. I, and I want to point out this is something that our customers have been asking for. For quite a while, it, it, I've even heard it in analyst calls when Gartner or Forrester says, and check the box that says RPA. And, and I didn't really quite get it until I saw this in action went, oh, I get it now. Can you, can you give us an example uh, or some use cases of what customers have been using RPA Hub for? Yeah, so so RPA is industry agnostic. Uh, so we can think of multiple use cases uh, for business processes across different industry verticals. Uh, in ITSM, for example, we can use RPA to automate 
for example common incidents uh, that involves legacy systems that don't have the relevant apis uh, or any system that uh, uh, you know where apis don't exist at all uh, so for example you may have some it incidents uh, around system access requests uh, password resets uh, application monitoring and reporting uh, so for all of these you can use rpa and you can also use rpa to automate specific troubleshooting sequences uh, to to help reduce the mttr of incidents mm-hmm. because many of the it incidents uh, there are some specific categories that have a, a really rule based troubleshooting sequences uh, coming to the employer workflows right employee workflows uh, we can use rpa to automate uh, many uh, employee onboarding and offboarding tasks uh, because many of these tasks invo- involve uh, certain third party applications legacy applications um and even for customer workflows uh, we we have similar use cases uh, around you know onboarding and also improving customer experience especially it involves uh, dealing with customer data and some third party applications um and like i mentioned before even in finance uh, financial services operations there are a lot of workflows uh, where uh, we can use rpa to automate uh, some workflows so for example you know loan processing uh, accounts payables and receivables all of these involve uh some rule based processing um you know reporting bank reconciliation i mean <laughs> there are a lot of such use cases and i'm sure as customers start playing with service now rpa um i'm sure they'll see the value and they'll come up with a lot more use cases oh man where was this when i was a customer i <laughs> i remember we'd get uh we when we onboarded service now and people were like yeah i can get, i can get users provision through the service catalog and then they check that box that said and they need AS400 access. I go, oh man, that just threw a manual process in our face. You got to bring up the terminal application. You got to fill out the inform uh, just it was it's like this this could have automated it. You know, where was this 15 years ago and I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> so what suggestions do you have for someone who's just starting out with RPA Hub? Yep, uh, so last week we released uh, San Diego. So RPA Hub is available now on the ServiceNow store and developers can install it on their subprod instances and they can get uh, hands on with the product at no charge. Uh but they would have to stay tuned for plans uh, for our plans to getting it on the PDIs. Oh, you've heard something about that. <laughs> that's that's what I started hearing too. It's like, when can we get RPA Hub on our PDIs? Like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We know, we know, we know. <laughs> so stay tuned and remember, you will need a Windows machine to do the designer and the um, runtime. The runtime. Yes, I'm sorry, I wanted to say bots, but it, that's where the bots run. Can you give us a hint? I always love asking our product managers. This. Give us a hint of what's on the roadmap. Ah, uh, sure, Chuck. Uh, I assume we have added the safe harbor disclaimer. Oh yes, I'll put in the yeah, there. Klaxon, Klaxon, Klaxon. Safe harbor, safe harbor, safe harbor. We're good. We're good. Legal. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so we are laser focused on delivering the best in class and you know, a low code developer experience and and delivering that better together experience on the ServiceNow platform mm-hmm. uh, for a secure and compliant RP offering. And as part of this, we are enhancing our connectors. so the good thing is we are going to come up with a brand new connector for microsoft edge browser okay uh, in the next version and that will allow you to automate uh, different kinds of actions that involve uh, the edge browser 
secondly we are allowing uh, integration with uh, other service now products uh, so for example we are making it very easy to work with uh, the document intelligence product uh, that is uh, coming from the etg team uh, and that will help automate many of the workflows uh, that require uh, processing scanned documents um, and remember these documents these pdfs or images they can come at different levels of complexity mm-hmm. sometimes they are structured sometimes semi structured or even unstructured so you need some intelligence on top of ocr and this requires machine learning to understand those complex objects and their relationships um in addition we are also going to support a third party uh, credential vaults so if you are not comfortable storing the credentials on rpa hub uh, you know you can use those third party vaults um and then we are also enhancing the user experience uh, that includes uh, porting the rpa design studio onto the web uh, because we want uh, the citizen developers also to utilize the web based design uh, not many people would like to you know install rpa design studio <laughs> so for them they can use the web based studio uh, and i'm really excited about all these enhancements because all of these are are really going to help any enterprise uh, accelerate their Uh, hyper automation journey. You mentioned things like the PDF and the OCR, and uh, I couldn't help think about a recent experience my wife had. She's been doing taxes for well me and our two daughters and their husbands and her sister and her mom. It's like she's turned into a regular tax attorney around here, but she gets the job done. And in one instance, they asked to upload. Uh, This is this commercial desktop software that everybody knows and loves. I'm not going to mention the name, but she uploaded a PDF and it was able to process the information out of there. Now, I don't believe they have RPA Hub because we just released it, but that might be a use case for something like this as well. Rather than taking your input from one application to another, it could be from a document into your application, whatever it may be, whether the destination is ServiceNow or uh another application that has no API this is a perfect use case for something like that uh, i also want to point out that rpa hub is separately licensed so it's not part of the base platform it is like integration hub part of our automation engine you do need to talk to your account team for pricing information uh have you also thought about how you would handle the use cases where the there are uh applications that only run on the macintosh platform Oh uh yeah right now we don't support uh, macintosh or or linux based applications um yeah so we would have those applications running on windows okay so is that on the roadmap yeah so we thought about it uh, but right now we have not uh, included them in the roadmap yet uh, but based on the on the requirement and based on uh, how many of those applications are part of service now based workflows Uh, we will make a decision to include that in the roadmap. There you go, customers. If you need it, we know who to talk to now. So I would assume that would be just creating a runtime for Linux and a runtime for Mac OS. Mm-hmm. Okay, your team knows what to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm not here to just do your job. <laughs> oh, thank you once again for joining us today, Prasad. Before we leave. Can you let the listener know how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm reachable on LinkedIn. Uh, please search for Prasad Velamuri. And as far as I know, I'm the only one with this name in the San Francisco <laughs> Bay area. 
I will include a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, in the document that accompanies this. So easy to find, P-R-A-S-A-D, last name is B-E-L-A-M-U-R-I. Did I get that right? Yes, you got it right. Take a drink. (laughs) Thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. You can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you find all your other podcasts and get it automatically delivered to you. I'm going to try to say that one more time. Again, thank you so much, Prasad, for sharing with us today. Thanks for having me on this podcast, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. All right, this should be a fun discussion. It's Vela Mori. I, I can repeat that part. No, that's, I can't even get the question right now. We'll just go with the question I had before. Tell me more about the ServiceNow instance. I don't have a question in one of these. That's okay. You don't have an answer. Really? How many trails are there? Oh my gosh, there's a lot of trails. I just realized I kept saying et cetera, et cetera. So many times I'm starting to sound like Yul Brynner from uh, The King and I.